0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. And before we get started today, I would like to just mention that tickets are available to the Esthetician Success Live Masterclass event, which is happening in Phoenix, Arizona, August 2nd and 3rd. I expect this to be the premier business building training event for Beauty Biz practitioners happening this year. If you want to grab your seat, space is limited, and I do expect the seats to sell out quickly. So go ahead and visit www.estheticianmasterclass.com. Again, that's www.estheticianmasterclass.com. You will see all the information surrounding the live event posted here and once you sign up you will be given an email that has all the juicy details about the agenda and about how to get your special room rate savings. I just expect this to be an amazingly fun and informative 2 days that we are going to spend together in Phoenix, Arizona. Now, I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Diana Roth. And she is one of the three founders of Arch Addicts. And what Arch Addicts is, it's a trio of visionary master brow artists in the Midwest. And what they've done is they've created these amazing social media type platforms to feature your work. They actually are really promoting other estheticians and sending business their way. By taking your work and featuring it on their Facebook page and on their Instagram page, they have over 10,000 followers on Instagram and they have built this following quickly. I think they just started in 2014. But what Diana talks about is all things eyebrow waxing, a little bit about how she started her own business, a little bit about why she stepped forward to help other estheticians attract waxing clients into their spa And these girls are just out there in a big way helping our industry. And I I had a great time talking to her. She is a brow master and she does share her favorite type of tweezer on the show today. And I'm not going to tell you now, you're going to have to listen in, but I'd never heard of this brand before. So I'm excited to uh, hop online and grab some of these tweezers for my beauty biz toolkit. It was funny. One of my good friends called me this morning and she's not in our industry and she said, "Hey, what have you been doing this morning, Lori?" And I said, oh, "I was doing an interview for my podcast. I was interviewing a brow master." And my friend said, "Oh my gosh, I love that name, brow master." She said, "I love it when people own their expertise, and I love investing in this type of business because it makes me feel so swanky and cool. And I like spending my money in a place where I feel like I'm getting expert work done." So. There's a first lesson from this podcast and Diana and Nikki and Angela really own what they're good at and they're helping the rest of us do the same. So stay tuned and enjoy this podcast. I think you're gonna love all things eyebrow waxing that we talk about. Hello and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I am a licensed esthetician, spa owner, and beauty biz industry coach, consultant, and educator. I'm so excited to share my love of all things beauty industry related with you. So I invite you to join me each week as I feature compelling interviews with industry educators and leaders, and inspirational success stories from my fellow beauty biz practitioners. Stay tuned for some powerful beauty biz inspiration. everybody. Welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete, and I'm excited to welcome Diana Roth today. Hi, Diana. Hi, Lori. Where are you today? Where are we chatting from?
1: Um, I'm at my humble abode just outside Chicago.
0: Okay. And I hear a little bit of that Midwest accent. Are you a born and raised Chicago girl? I am very guilty. (laughs) Well, you have the coolest thing going on. And I'll tell you, it's called Arch Addicts. And I guess you're kind of a co-partner. There are two other girls that you're representing today. Is that correct? Yes, that is. And let's
1: give them a shout out. Nikki Robinson of Nikki Robinson uh, Brow and Skin Studio and Angela Lutz of Angela Lutz it's Aesthetics.
0: OK, well, I'll just tell you guys how I heard of you. I have these small mastermind groups that I do every single year, and there's a girl named Angela, and she introduced you to everyone in the group saying, look, I got Arch Addict approved, and she was so excited, and I go, well, what does this mean? Cool. So I want to know so much about you guys because what you're doing is really making the eyebrow waxing world a smaller place, and I watch your stuff all the time on social media, so just tell the guests listening in today a little bit about what the business is that you guys have designed together.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, through social media, Nikki, Angela, and I connected. They're from the Midwest as well, but up in Minneapolis. And, um, you know, I had been contacted over the years from several estheticians and Nikki and Angela and I especially connected and they also are brow specialists. So, you know, we just started brainstorming. And, you know, we said, let's create a little community for, you know, eyebrows. And we started with a a small private Facebook page that still exists strictly for aestheticians that specialize in eyebrows. And everyone was sharing their work and helping one another out and asking, you know, tips and tricks and tools and Um, You know, we just really enjoyed it. So we thought, let's take it public and connect clients with the artist. Um, We had all individually been contacted from prospective clients, really from all over the country and sometimes even the world, Um, you know, just asking for referrals and things like that. So Arch really just started as a community between estheticians and then went public to connect with the clients.
0: I think it's great because I I really feel like, speaking as an esthetician myself, we crave community because it's lonely working in that small, dark treatment room.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, and... It's just incredible how many people we've connected with, you know, in our industry and fellow estheticians. Every time I travel, I'm meeting up for dinner or lunch with another esthetician in California or, or, you know, the East Coast um, or really wherever I'm traveling. And that's phenomenal. I love connecting with other people in my industry. I love the support
0: that we get from one another. I have so many questions to ask you. First of all, I want to say and I want to know, how long have you been an esthetician?
1: Um, I've been licensed since 2001.
0: Okay. So kind of, you've been licensed a little bit longer than I've been, but tell me if you've noticed this shift. When I first started, nobody wanted to share success secrets.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's so true, you know, and I think sometimes, you know, a little bit of that still exists, but it's really changed drastically. Yeah. Um, Really, a, a community is being built versus competition, And, and I love that because I want, you know, all of us to realize there's enough room for all of us in this industry. And, you know, really when you do focus on your own success, you're proud and joyous to share your success with other estheticians. I mean, that's what it really should be all about is just supporting one another and encouraging and educating and lending a helping hand and taking a helping hand when you need one too.
0: And quite honestly, somebody said something to me once, because when I stepped forward and started educating in the industry, I wasn't sure how to feel about, I would see pictures from my website popping up on other people's website. And part of it felt exciting that I was helping these women. Then part of it, I'm like, ooh, I feel protective of my stuff. And my, my business coach at the time said to me, Lori, something to remember is nobody can steal your energy. And that's who the type of client we attract, clients that are attracted to our specific energy and of course our work. I mean,
1: absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I do see a lot of that, you know, and and I think it's hard when you've put your heart and soul into something to not take it as a little bit of a jab, you know, if somebody's like knocking off, you know, your work or, um, you know, something that you're doing, but Again, that just means you're doing something right. And I love what exactly. you said. That they can't take your energy. They can't take who you are.
0: Yeah. And we all attracted. I'll never forget. I had the most amazing beauty biz teacher. I always used to tell her, I want to be just like you when I grow up. She was this mm-hmm. so like perfectly presented herself, like elegant English woman. And she used to say, to us every morning. I think she started our daily teachings in beauty biz school by saying there's enough business for everyone. And I still hear those words in her cute little British accent in my head all the time. That's so true. I want to go back to something you said in the very beginning because I'm curious and I'm sure the listeners are going to be curious. You said you guys started this or you started this because you're being contacted by other estheticians. What does that mean? Like were people how were they reaching out to you? How did they know about you? What were they contacting you for? Will you explain that a little bit?
1: Sure. Well, I co-own, uh, the brow teak with my partner, Stephanie, you know, so that's obviously our practice and our, you know, little brow boutique. And when we opened, you know, I really wanted to get as much like um, interaction on our business page. So I started posting before and after pictures of our brow work and, um, you know, somehow in one way or another, other estheticians started finding us. And I think our work was just being shared by, you know, others who were impressed with our work. And yeah, estheticians were contacting us and asking about training and um, how I do what I do. And, you know, really just inquiring about what products we use and what techniques and um, how we learned how to sculpt and shape eyebrows.
0: I think one of the hardest things that I have stumbled across being a business owner and I coach these other estheticians is coming up with a name for your business. And Brow Teak is super cool. How did you come up with that name?
1: You know, it was really a collaborative effort. Um, Actually, my partner, Stephanie, she, I believe, was just talking with her family and we were brainstorming. When we had opened up the Brow Teak, it happened very suddenly. We had worked at a large salon and spa that just suddenly closed. Oh, gosh.
0: We'll talk about that in a minute because
1: Um, a week later, you know, we essentially were opening up our little studio and we were just, you know, I mean, going at it full force and doing a million and one things and, you know, just running through our minds, a bunch of different names. And Stephanie, my partner, again, had come up with it, I believe with a a cousin of hers. And I mean, just once we heard it, that was it.
0: Yeah, that's an. And was the URL available? Your website name? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I always feel like that's a divine gift. If you can come up with a name and then grab the URL, it's like it was so meant to be, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> now I am a spa owner because I think it was either two or three spots that I worked at decided to really not inform their independent contractors and their employees and let them know that they were basically closing overnight. So when you said you know your place suddenly closed i felt that in my heart
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was painful you know um it was one of those few places where i mean it was a it was a larger scale salon and spa and it was one of those few places where, you know, we were all so connected with one another. We just had a great group of women that got along extremely well and just really enjoyed one another. And, you know, literally just out of the blue, we all received uh, a phone call one night and it was a month before Christmas. And, you We just were all completely baffled. But, you know, obviously it ended up being a blessing in disguise for, you know, the teak.
0: I think if we can always look at these crises that appear in our lives as really a form of an opportunity that's pushing us in a different direction, it's just an easy way to power through. Every time I've ended up in a better place in my life, it has started, the journey has started from something that scared the crap out of me. I couldn't agree more. And I remember, same thing, we had a baby shower at this place that I worked. I was an independent contractor, a renter. Actually, I was a renter. And we had a baby shower. And then at the end of the shower, she said, and by the way, I'm closing in 30 days if it doesn't sell. Wow. And this is why I own my own business now because that happened to me so many times. And it's scary. We're not like hairdressers where we can just pack up a few things and move. I mean, I have a full room of heavy equipment and a bed and carts. And, you know, as much as there are challenges being a business owner, I love the stability of knowing what is happening every day.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I will say for me, you know, I struggled quite a bit as an esthetician for years. And I think, you know, one thing that I didn't realize until I became self-employed is that really, I was running my own business all along, whether or not I was working for somebody else or for myself. You know, we have to remember from day one, we are, you know, running our own business and starting our own business just by building clientele. So I struggled quite a bit until I became self-employed. And then once I did start up the teak, it was really like, oh my gosh, I have to make this work and I have to survive and I have to make a living. And um, so it really fueled my fire in terms of, you know, building that clientele and building that following and becoming a successful esthetician when in all reality, it it should have started from day one.
0: You know, I am planning this live event in August in Arizona and I keep getting these emails. I'm, I'm just an employee I'm just yeah. an independent contractor, and the what I like to teach, and it sounds like this is so in line with what you just said, it doesn't matter. That treatment room is your business, whether you're a renter, you're paid hourly, it's your business, and you have to know the business and marketing skills to get clients in the door because th- th- you'll make more money.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yep. I want to go back, though, and I, I'm it really, it come from a place of empowering people and just wanting to do good out there. I want to see people take this seriously as a career. So we're not judging anybody here, but looking back on that big salon that you worked at, Mm -hmm. can you tell me one thing now that you realize maybe they could have done differently? Like, was there something they were doing wrong that caused them to close the door? Because you just from this one vision or insight or aha moment that you took away from it could save somebody else's business listening in now.
1: Yeah. You know, I really think it was just poor management. And there were a couple specific decisions made that really impacted the the future of the business. And when I had started there, I had been an esthetician for five years and had some experience in management. And I kind of foreseen it happening. And as as much as I, you know, hate to say that, or um, I'm almost disappointed that I had that feeling, but it was true. And Um, I think really in running a spa and I'm very small scale, so I can't speak on a a grand um, position, but you know, it is quite demanding, but really it's all about structure communication and, and really having that open line with your employees and, and yeah, just keeping it well organized and, um, and fair too. I think Sometimes, unfortunately, greed may play a role in our industry. Sometimes, and and just not being fair with one another.
0: I find that people that run spas are often practitioners, so we don't have the same skill set as maybe somebody who studied business, you know. Absolutely. And it, it it does seem like you just don't really know where to focus your attention, the right way to have a successful business and a full practice. But there is an epidemic happening in our industry, and that is, I don't feel like a lot of employees are being taken care of. We're in a multi-billion dollar industry, and a lot of these business owners expect their employees to sit around all day long and work off commission only.
1: Yeah, and I think that that is such a difficult or, you know, probably the biggest issue is that we're all trained as estheticians. We're not trained as business owners. So, you know, that's one thing that I've found myself in the last few years constantly educating myself on, you know, what are the best business practices and, you know, and I'm a very empathetic person. So I always put my myself in the shoes of, you know, one of our other estheticians and that how would I want to be treated? And I remember how I felt in the past when I was being treated unfair. So that is definitely a, a Big gap that we really need to fill in our industry is I think we all have these big dreams initially of just having this beautiful salon or spa, but we really don't know the work that is involved or that all the details that come along with it that we have to educate ourselves on.
0: Yeah. It it definitely is a learning lesson, like keeping your inventory right and these unexpected expenses. Like my water heater exploded a few weeks ago and my air conditioning unit I'm responsible for in my lease. And how the heck do you know that the first time I signed a lease, it was like soap opera dramatic. I was so stressed out and I had to figure out how to open a corporation. You really live and learn and you got to save for that rainy day.
1: Absolutely. I remember when we were opening up our storefront, I looked at my partner and I said, what are we doing? (laughs) just a moment of panic. But, you know, it it luckily all worked out extremely well. And then, you know, in continuing with the success of that, then, you know, as I said, connected me with other people and then, you know, with Arch Addicts. So, you know, it it all comes together in the end.
0: Let's talk about Arch Addicts a little bit. So all of a sudden you get a phone call from, because it's hard to partner up with people, especially it sounds like you guys have this remote relationship or virtual relationship. Mm -hmm. So Angela and Nikki, like they just called and said, hey, do you want to start something online? Like how did Arch Addicts come about? And maybe we should tell the guests like exactly what you do. You feature other people's work.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, Nikki and Angela, again, you know, they had contacted me and they're like, you know, you should really do training and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, I'm not really ready for that at the moment. I just, you know, my schedule can book out up to six, eight weeks in advance. And I just had quite a bit going on. It was actually right before the holidays um, last year in 2014. So, but I said, you know, I do want to do something, you know, to connect myself with other people that are specializing in brows and and other estheticians that at least want more education. And I will say, you know, a lot of us that are self-taught, we're self-taught just by looking at photos sometimes. So, you know, as I said, we kind of wanted to create that community between estheticians. And, you know, I said to Nikki, let's start off there. And, you know, we were just tossing around names. And I, again, I had just blurted out arch addicts. And all of us were like, that's it. And as you said, the URL was available. And, you know, so we just went with it. And, yeah, we we're just sharing work with one another, again, as I was saying earlier, and then decided to take it public with Instagram. Instagram especially is amazing. And- yeah. In our industry, I mean, I can't even tell you how many clients we've referred out to other estheticians on Arch Addicts and that we've received through Arch Addicts.
0: One of the things that I love that you guys are doing, and that's where I found you on Instagram, Angelique said, You know, you got to see these girls. I just got Arch Addict approved. And (laughs) I watch your videos, I look at all your cool pictures, and you put the stamp of approval on there, but I don't even know if you're aware of what you're doing for the girls in our industry. And I don't know if the girls are using it the right way. Probably some are, probably some aren't, but you are creating a vibe of expertise for these girls and you're positioning them as experts. And honestly, that is about 90% of what people purchase from us, especially since they're looking for us online. And these visuals are what get people into our treatment room. So... I think it 's super cool that you give them this stamp, and all these girls should be sending out emails to their clients going, "Look, I got Arch addict approved and putting it on Facebook and using this to promo their biz
1: i 'm just baffled and I, i'm so I, I feel so lucky to be able to give somebody that that joy of just being approved, you know we are re- really critical of the people that we do approve, and just because we really want to showcase incredible work, and they are all incredible. You know, doing brows is very much an art, and as we all know, it's not something that we're really taught in school. Some of us have a very natural knack for it, and some of us have taken extensive training. So, you know, to really just be able to showcase that work and say, hey, you're doing a darn good job, you know, that is really all we want to do is just to show these girls that they're kicking butt, and the brow industry has grown tenfold since I've become an esthetician and we were talking about a little bit about that earlier you know when I was in school in 2000 and 2001 nobody specialized in brows and even when we opened the brow teak there still wasn't very much focus and it was really about a year or two in that the brow industry just exploded and everybody lately has been jumping on the brow bandwagon and, you know, trying to specialize and, and everybody can, we, we totally encourage that. And that's another thing for arch addicts that we really want to do is just to inspire and help, you know, expand the awareness and education as well. So we're hoping to, you know, get into that in the near future, um, you know, with training. So, you know, it's just amazing. And it's really a very detailed, meticulous uh, craft.
0: Well, let me talk a little bit. I want to ask you about trends because I stumbled upon this article and I couldn't wait to get you on the phone because you really are in a different part of the country than I am. Mm -hmm. I stumbled upon this article that said, I can't remember what magazine now. It may have been in People Magazine or in Martha Stewart. I was reading both this weekend, Mm -hmm. but it was an article on hair removal for the summer. And it was a dermatologist talking about how you could do certain things at home and how you could do certain things professionally, you know, pay for the service. And she put in here, this dermatologist talking about it, that the average for waxing at a spa or a salon is $7. Wow. Now, I know I charge 30 in LA. What are people charging in the Midwest? And you know, it
1: really does vary all over the place. Um, right now... Currently, I'm at $30 for existing clients, $40 for new clients. And that will change in July where it's essentially $40 for all clients. Nikki and Angela, I believe, are at the same price point, $40 for um, all clients for brow shaping and I think that is a little bit on the higher side. I, I am in the suburbs and I will say, I think the most outside of that can be anywhere from like 20, $25, but in the city downtown, I mean, it can go up to 75, a hundred, 125.
0: Now, what are they doing to charge that? Are they, cause I see, and do you do this? You fill them in, you highlight around them. Do you do all that? Is that what every brow person that walks in your, your business gets?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, what I do it's a 30-minute appointment and you know, it's everything from a consultation and then of course your trimming, waxing, tweezing and then we finish off with a little brow powder or pencil and highlighter. You know, with the higher price points, I think it's just name and location sometimes. I've had clients that you know, told me in the past, I paid $75 before and it wasn't this good. So, you know, it, it really is based on, you know, their location and probably the name of the the place that they're working.
0: They're positioned. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same. You know, it's funny. I I'm close to Beverly Hills, like 15, 20 minutes away, but it can take you an hour to travel that far in Los Angeles because of traffic and people that discover me in the San Fernando Valley are like, oh, my goodness you're better than the girls in Beverly Hills. And I'm like, it doesn't mean somebody's any better. It means their rent is higher than mine. Like their expenses are higher yeah, and therefore right. they sometimes just have to charge more.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I also say too, we're all, as I kind of said earlier, we're all artists. So my style may be preferential to somebody in comparison to another, you know, aesthetician style. And, you know, I always explain to my clients, this is how I work. This is what I'm known for. This is my style. But we can make adjustments. So some clients are just going to prefer your style over someone else's.
0: I'm noticing a trend right now in Los Angeles. And I don't know if you're seeing this, but my clients are coming in saying, barely clean them up. I want messy brows. So I've always done like this Virgo. I'm very systematized and perfectionist. They don't want that right now.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Well, you know, I see, I see all, a little bit all over the place. I my style is to keep them as natural and full as possible. I just love that look. I really believe that everybody's natural brow, once you know, slightly tweaked or refined does complement their face of course there are exceptions but it's very true and I love that style of brow but I do find with my demographic of clients they do love the full natural brow but still very crisp and clean
0: yeah they want them cleaned up and it's the one service that I do and do you just do brows at your place
1: we do have other services. I literally am 98% eyebrows me specifically, but, um, we do have another esthetician that does facials and Brazilians and
0: yeah. Wow. So you're book solid six weeks out with eyebrows, usually closer to eight. That is awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's taken a long time and I still can't believe it every day. I'm still baffled.
0: I do so many different things at my spa. We do waxing, we do facials, we do spray tanning. But I'll tell you the the biggest wow reaction that I get from a client is when I hand them the mirror after an eyebrow wax.
1: And that's that's the most beautiful thing. You know, I, I I've said before, I think I just absolutely love when a client looks at their reflection and smiles. That is the most gratifying feeling I could ever have.
0: Yeah. It's all about making somebody look and feel good. And that was the one the one service that really got me through the failing economy. These women were paying for their brows. And this is what I would try to teach some of my esthetician coaching clients is people will pay $30 for an eyebrow wax. It doesn't matter what is happening in the economy. You're not trying to sell a car or a house.
1: Right. It's still, you know, an affordable luxury. Yes. And before it was always the hair, the nails, now it's hair, nails, and brows.
0: Yeah, it does seem to be a a really good way to just, I guess, get your business out there. And once they trust you with their brows, they will come in for other things. Have you found that the girls that really trust you now will go to your other esthetician for a Brazilian wax or a facial or?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's too Just they feel comfortable in your environment and they trust you as an expert in your industry. So they want to support you and they want to, you know, be at your um, place of business more often, really.
0: Okay. So let me ask you, is there a specific brand of tweezers that you have to have?
1: Yes. (laughs) And it's called Rubis. It's R-U-B-I-S. Never heard. Oh, they're by far the best. I've tried every single pair out there and I literally have tried every single pair. (laughs) It's the um, point slant combo from Rubis and you can find them on Amazon or just Google them and They are by far the best. I always keep several pair on hand.
0: That was my next question. Literally, how many pairs of tweezers do you have in your beauty biz toolbox?
1: Um, There's probably about nine, (laughs) but I think there's four pairs of the point slant combo from Rubis because, you know, sometimes we could drop them or they dull over time. And I always like to keep extra pairs on hand. And if if I do drop them, I always just send them in to get sharpened.
0: Okay, so second question is What's your favorite brow product? Like, if you had one product, it was the only one you could have in your eyebrow toolkit, what would it be right now?
1: Oh, how could you do that to me? <laughs> That's a tough, tough question. Um, I love clear brow gel. I do not leave the house. Even if I am all natural, you know, no makeup at all, I always swipe on clear brow gel. It's literally like hairspray. It's your finishing touch, holds those brows perfectly in place. Once your brows are, are brushed in place, they really can, you know, look fuller and just more groomed and refined. So clear brow gel is always necessary whenever I walk out the door.
0: Now, do you sell, I'm just going to start asking you questions because I think this is the fun part we all learn from. <laughs> hmm do you sell a lot of retail products? Because I have so many girls come to me and they say, I only wax. I, I don't do retail.
1: Yeah, we do have a retail line. Um, we're looking to switch it up in the future. But for brows, it's almost silly not to. Because when you're done finishing you, your client and filling them in, and a lot of times with brows, a very easy way to sell the product is have your client watch you. And they're going to say, "What what powder is that? What highlighter is that? What brush is that?
0: When you say watch you, do you hand them a mirror and then just do one eyebrow and have them look at the difference?
1: Yeah, you know, I have them watch me fill in their brows from top to bottom because that in that way, they're like seeing their own personal tutorial instead of, you know, going on YouTube and trying to find a tutorial that works for them. If you hand them that mirror and have them specifically watch you step by step filling in their brow, you know, it's it just makes the whole process a lot easier. They're more comfortable with filling in their brows, even if they don't normally do it. And then they're going to likely want to buy the product from you too.
0: I, it just is working smarter, not harder to have, yes. I think some brow retail products for your clients to take on because they want them. And if you're not selling them, then they're going on Amazon and buying them.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so easy now, you know, obviously clients have a plethora of options to buy a product whether, you know, it is from Amazon or, you know, one of the retail stores and it's really nice to immediately after their brow service, have it readily available for them right then and there.
0: And do you put makeup on and cover the red after they're done?
1: Yeah, we do. Um, just, it's just a subtle amount of, you know, concealer just to, you know, take it down a notch. And so they're more comfortable walking out the door and not looking like they've, you know, just had their brows done really.
0: It's funny. You were saying something a little while ago that triggered this memory. I remember when I first started doing eyebrows, when my tweezer in my hand would be going towards my client's eyebrows, I would shake. Did that ever happen to you? Do you remember that?
1: You know, I can't say it has. (laughs) Um, I think if anything, for me, it was more trimming. I think trimming is a very, very specific skill and probably the most difficult task for estheticians to nail.
0: Mine was the tweezer. And I remember saying something to my sister, who's a nurse, and she said, don't worry, you'll get over it. My hand used to do the same thing when I had a shot, like I was giving somebody a shot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I felt more in control with the tweezers, because obviously, you know, you're specifically removing hair, but um, with The scissors, it's so easy to, you know, maybe trim a little too much. So I was always very conservative with trimming and I would just do little baby trims, you know, so I didn't like take take a hunk out of somebody's eyebrows.
0: And have you ever taken a hunk and looked down and thought, oh, no, because I remember in my clinical when I went for my license, you know, the cosmetology board, when you go spend a day there. And yeah. we had to do both, written and live, whatever the heck they call it. And the girl yeah. next to me actually waxed off an entire eyebrow on her no. <laughs> on her student that she had in there. Or, you know wh- who is it that we bring? I forget what they call them. You have to bring like
1: a model or yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, bring
0: your model. She waxed her model's whole eyebrow off, and I just heard her go. <gasps>
1: Oh, that hurts my heart. <laughs> yeah,
0: but have you ever done something like that, like in the beginning, where you looked down and thought, "Oh crap"?
1: You know, surprisingly, I haven't. You know, even when we were in school, I was always fixing everybody's eyebrows, and I don't know how it happened, but it just did. I had done a couple of the girls' eyebrows, and you know, a lot of them were having them waxed off or completely botched in in school, and I think a couple people caught wind that. I had a little bit of a knack for it. So it was funny whenever we were um, practicing on one another, I always had a line down the hallway of girls wanting me to fix their eyebrows.
0: (laughs) So this is your higher purpose in the skincare world is the brow girl.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but I did have one funny situation with a friend of mine. He wanted me to trim his eyebrows with a pair of clippers and I had never done it before. And he's like, come on, just do it. So he's standing up and he closes his eyes and as I'm coming with towards him with the clippers, he like almost you know sometimes when you close your eyes you get a little wobbly. well, he came towards me as I was coming towards him and nicked off a portion <laughs> of his big dark <laughs> black <laughs> eyebrows.
0: Okay. So lesson learned is have them sit down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: I have to tell you, you just, you keep reminding me of things that have happened throughout my waxing career. When I first started, I was not good at eyebrows. I actually really learned from this young Persian girl that I worked with. You know, these girls have been doing their eyebrows since they were 10 years old and she really taught me how to do a great eyebrow wax. But At first, they were awful. I was terrified. They were never even. But I was getting the strangest request. I had The Rock his body double come in and say, I want my eyebrows to look just like his. And I thought, how the hell am I going to do that? I can barely wax an eyebrow. <laughs> and then I had a guy come in, a female impersonator, and he wanted his eyebrows to look just like Britney Spears. And I was being so tested because I could barely do a good eyebrow anyway. <laughs> this was yeah. like 14 years ago. So it, it is challenging. And you, like you said, there wasn't any training then.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. Um, Yeah, and, you know, we still get random requests like that, too, with, you know, people bringing in a a photo, but you know, really all of our brows are completely unique to our faces and they're not even the same on one side from the other. So, you know, to want a a shape that is on somebody else's face sometimes just is not very practical and, you know, we can take inspiration from it, but I I never like to replicate. I want you to be yourself and I want you to be your own, you know, unique individual, not someone else. I
0: went to something called the wax show and my friend Cricket had, she teaches, um, you know, waxing skills and stuff. And she said something that I will never forget. And it made me feel so much more confident waxing. And that is eyebrows are sisters, not twins.
1: Absolutely. And you always have that one crazy sister doing what she (laughs) needs. The wild one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, it's very true. And You know, we can obviously try to get brows as symmetrical as possible, but even from one side to the other, they grow differently and they have colics and things like that. So, you know, obviously as a specialist, um, we can get them pretty darn close. But, you know, sometimes clients have very unreal expectations on perfection. And really we just have to be upfront and honest and and open with them. And and I think they really... um, grasp onto that. And they really accept that and and put even more trust in you.
0: I love that you just said that. And will you, I always call them success scripts. If somebody comes in and says to you, Diana, I want my eyebrows to look like this. And you know, they are never going to look like that. How do you gently tell them this? Like, what would you use as a success script to help these other people out there that maybe are just stepping into the waxing world?
1: I'm not very gentle. (laughs) Being a Midwesterner, I'm, I'm pretty outspoken, but you know, I, I always take it into consideration and I just tell them realistically, you know, that this particular brow shape, um, you know, really wouldn't complement their facial structure. And that what I do is to maximize their natural, you know, her, their own natural brows appearance. So, you know, it's, it, it is kind of a fine line and how do you explain one thing or another, but usually I do hand them the mirror and I say, okay, let's take a look at your brow and see how your brow does this versus her, hers does that. So it's just not very practical to try to replicate somebody else's brow on your face. You know, and again, usually clients are very receptive of, of a brutally honest answer, but of course it's always on how you deliver it. I'm always kind and very empathetic. So Yeah.
0: Now, I want you to tell me, and again, only in a way of teaching and empowering people out there, what is the biggest mistake you see brow waxing gals and guys make? I
1: think the biggest mistake I tend to see is we're altering their natural shape way too much. And I think another thing that always I notice can fall short is in the trimming I'm very neurotic about getting beautiful, crisp, clean lines with the exception of a feathered brow, which we talked about a little bit earlier, that kind of wispy, natural look. Yeah, the biggest mistake is I think sometimes people don't even think about what they're doing before they start doing. You know, they just kind of jump in there and start hacking away or trimming away and waxing away at brows when really it just takes a moment to look at their brows And analytically and just say, okay, well, I noticed this one's a little higher and that arch is a little lower than the other side. So this is what I'm methodically going to do to correct that. So really, it's just about taking a a minute to yourself and kind of brushing through those brows and, and observing the asymmetries and the imperfections and really how to approach that and correct them.
0: I learned something very interesting about eyebrows from a doctor client of mine last week. That I'll share with you. We're not doctors. We certainly can't diagnose anything, but she said that if the ends of the eyebrows are missing, it could be directly related to a problem with your thyroid.
1: Yeah, I've I've heard that quite a bit, and it is very common. Of course, I mean, I don't ever suggest that to a client if I if I notice that issue. I've more so had clients, you know, actually tell me that they don't have any tails because of thyroid issues. So, um, yeah, that's very common. And another thing I see a lot is, um, you know, I, I wonder if um, certain brows or certain blood types almost. Their brows don't grow back. You know there are some clients that grow beautifully, and I wish I could do a study on this to see if there's certain blood types where it's just once their brows have been tweezed or removed or waxed, they don't grow you back. You should
0: do a study on it. Just keep notes at your spa. That would be very, very interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I can't pinpoint it just yet, but I, I started asking clients about their blood type.
0: <laughs> They're like, "What does this crazy <laughs> Diana need to know this for?" <laughs> exactly. Well, I think that one of our biggest promotions should be, we should billboard. And I think you have a perfect way to help people billboard their eyebrow waxing services. You guys sell t-shirts on your website.
1: Yeah, we do. That was just a fun little, you know, thing that we decided to do. We always seen cute t-shirts for hairdressers. And so we thought, let's start, you know, doing them for brows and all of us being, you know, brow specialists ourselves, we're like, well, at least we'll wear them. But people love them. And we love seeing uh, other estheticians and and clients in the t-shirts and we'll always repost their selfies with their, you know, cute little arch attic tees. I'm going to buy
0: one of the tank tops, a few of them and start wearing them to the gym. Oh, (laughs) I am. That's where I get tons of great clients next to me on the treadmill in the locker room. So I'm going to invest in one of those. And how can people find, let's start with your t-shirts. What is the website? They can go grab a billboarding t-shirt so everyone knows they do amazing eyebrow waxing. (laughs) Archaddicts.com. And then social media. I love your Instagram page. How do they find that? What's your name on Instagram?
1: Everything Luckily is Archaddicts. So, you know, Instagram.com slash Archaddicts, the same with Facebook and the same with Twitter. And always, you know, estheticians that are out there hashtag your brow picks with arch addicts we do check our hashtags and um you can also hashtag with bent on brows that's our little tagline we do pilfer through you know all the different hashtags that are on instagram and pinpoint work and and we'll repost it so yeah don't hesitate to um give us a shout out or tag us in your photos.
0: Something cool is happening with this podcast that I didn't expect, but I'm so excited about is that I have women business owners from all over the country and the world that are not in our industry listening to this. And yeah, Noelle Asmar, who has the uniforms, I interviewed her and her sister's an esthetician and she got a bunch of new clients in Canada from the podcast. So why don't you tell people how to find you? how to find Angela and how to find Nikki as well in case there's somebody listening that wants an amazing eyebrow wax from you guys, maybe your location and your website.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Even on the Arch Addicts website, if you click on the about us tab, you'll see a little brief bio there and links to our websites directly. So I'm Diana from thebrowteak.com Nikki Robison from NikkiRobison.com and Angela Lutz at com.
0: And you say you're in a suburb of Chicago. What is that suburb?
1: It's Orland Park, Illinois. Okay.
0: And then what about Nikki? Where is she located?
1: They are just outside. Well, Nikki and Angela work together just outside of uh, Minneapolis, and they're in Eden Prairie.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you so much. I had a blast talking to you today. I knew it was going to be fun because everything does seem to be all about eyebrows right now in our industry.
1: It absolutely is. It's, as I said, it's still mind blowing and, but it's, it's wonderful. It's such a unique service and it's, um, it's your face. You know, you really want to take good care and, and um, research, you know, where you're going and who's taking care of your brows. Obviously just a couple years ago, people were just going to a random chop shop and having them done for five bucks and, walking out the door five minutes later. Now it's a whole nother caliber of service. And the analogy I like to use is, you know, you can go to Walmart or you can go to Barney's. Well, let's be Barney's, you know? I agree.
0: (laughs) I totally agree. And you know what's funny is people now pay attention to things they never paid attention to before. I just had this big rock star's wife come in and she's like, I come to you because your wax pot is clean. And she was going to this very, very, very well-known place in a very affluent area of Los Angeles and she stopped going there because their wax pot was gross and they were double dipping their wax sticks.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, from top to bottom, you know, if the end result is, is beautiful, but you have, you know, a poorly, you know, kept facility, people aren't going to, you know, come to you. I mean, people are going to recognize that and see, I don't want that touching my face or I don't want anything from, you know, this treatment room touching my face. So it's really all about the details from top to bottom, you know, the appearance, the image, the, the um, sanitation and the cleanliness of your facility, too. From top to bottom, you have to,
0: you know, be a good representation of your work. That's just it. If you want to charge a Barney's price, you got to show up and make everything look like Barney's inside your place. And it doesn't have to be the most beautiful spot, but at least keep it clean and, you know, warm feeling. And our clients are very educated nowadays. So we need to show up, you know, a hundred percent and do things the right way.
1: Absolutely. And that's a wonderful thing that social media has really done for the aesthetics industry. I mean, I will say from when I began in 2000 and 2001, you know, there were a lot of struggling aestheticians out there. And now with these little niche services, it's really exploded. And, and the demand for our services has just skyrocketed. Yeah. So that's, it's a wonderful thing, you know, in terms of brows or whether you're doing skincare. And I always find that a specialist does better than a generalist, you know, find what you love to do and just, be the best at
0: it. Absolutely. Yeah. Know where your genius work lies. Like I said, before we got started today, techie work is not, I can give an amazing facial or a great spray tan or a wonderful eyebrow wax, but stay away from computer stuff. So it's like yeah. Even <laughs> if you're not good at the social media stuff, find somebody who is and hire them so you can focus on doing your genius work.
1: Yeah, you know, and even for me, all, all of this, I, I learned just along the way. I mean, I, when I first began, I had no idea how to create a Facebook page and Instagram and, and I'm all self, self-taught. I mean, I literally just jumped in there and did hours upon hours of research and YouTubing and figuring out, okay, well, how do I do this? How do I create, you know, these images and everything, all of our, you know, marketing material and and our website, I, I've done myself and just through, you know, labor and research.
0: Well, you know what? And that's just it. It's a journey, not a destination, this whole success thing, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Probably still learning something new every single day when we turn on our computers.
1: For sure. And that's that's another thing we always have to remember is to constantly educate ourselves. I mean, all of us in this industry, we're very knowledgeable and well-trained, but there's still something that someone else is going to know, you know, that we can learn from. So, you know, always just be very receptive of, of, you know, new information or new techniques or new methods that, you know, we may have not have thought of before, or
0: been taught before. It is ever learning experience in an industry that changes quite rapidly, a beautiful industry that changes quite rapidly.
1: Absolutely. I'm grateful every day I go to work.
0: I feel the same way. I stand in front of my spa door and I say, thank you for giving me a job that has never felt like work.
1: Absolutely. Love going into work every day.
0: And I think you told me you do have to run because you're doing some waxing today, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I got to go open up shop here in a second.
0: Okay, well, thank you so much for your time. I know that this podcast is going to be one of the favorites. You gave some great information. I'm super excited that you took time out of your busy day. Shout out again to Angela Lutz and Nikki, is it Robinson? Robison Robison. Okay. I can't read my own writing. Okay, girls, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. Keep up the great social media work and wax on.
1: Thank you so much, Lori. Have a great day.
0: You too. Bye Diana.
1: Bye Bye.
0: Thanks for joining me for this episode of the beauty biz show. I hope that you're feeling motivated, inspired, and ready to step forward and invest in you. I know that I'm thrilled to be offering you the opportunity to join me in Phoenix, Arizona, August 2nd and 3rd at a five-star luxury resort where I'm going to be joined by my favorite industry leaders and experts. The entire two-day event is designed to be this year's premier business training for beauty biz practitioners, where we are going to be sharing tons of new age beauty biz success strategies. There are going to be thousands of dollars worth of business building gifts given away from the stage. I'm also really excited that Katie Anderson, the editor of Skin Inc. Magazine will be there to meet all of you. This is your opportunity to meet with approachable powerhouse type people and build your success Rolodex. Also, Estatinis, which are my signature cocktail, will be flowing at our cocktail party. This is an opportunity for you to build your success community and find accountability partners and other people you can add to your success Rolodex. I want this to be fun, memorable, and an experience that you walk away from feeling so excited and so full of business building ideas that you cannot wait to return to work. And as a special little surprise, your success training starts right away. I am a firm believer that before success arrives, you have to be ready for it. So I've designed a special bonus gift. It's a pre-event training that you won't find anywhere else. I've never offered this before. Weekly, you'll receive mini success coaching lessons delivered right to your inbox. So from the time you sign up for the live event until the time you arrive in Arizona, I'm going to be reaching out to you each week to keep you on the path of dreaming bigger, living successfully, and planning it out accordingly. Consider this your VIP invitation to spend two powerful, profitable days with me, August 2nd and 3rd, 2015 in Phoenix, Arizona, having a ton of fun while learning my fail-proof system for making a lot more money in your beauty biz. Go ahead and grab your seat at www.esthetician.com masterclass.com www.estheticianmasterclass.com Thanks for tuning in to the Beauty Biz Show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to live beautifully. If you'd like a copy of my free report, Six Simple Strategies to Generate a Dramatic Increase in Your Beauty Biz Income, and fill your appointment book with valuable clients, please visit www dot or if you'd like to book an appointment at my spa in los angeles please visit wwwthespa thanks again for tuning in to the beauty biz show